Hark and welcome to the tap, ladies and gentlemen. This episode is just me, myself, and I ranting about Napoleon Hill's top 10 uh, list of rules for improving self-discipline. I talk more about it on the other side of this righteous intro music. So let's just get right to it, shall we? Let's go. Studio, and I got something to tell you about what's on tap today. It is Napoleon Hill's 10 Rules of Self Discipline. Now, when I was doing some yard work the other day, I like to have the uh, YouTube or some kind of podcast on to you know, 2019 version of Whistling While You Work. I just can't have, I can't just focus on one thing, hoeing weeds. What is this? I need to be listening to something. I need to be stimulated at all seconds of the day. So I went onto YouTube and I do like a morning meditation every day, five to 10 minutes. If I'm feeling really spiritual, I'll go up to 20 minutes. So anyway, back to the main story. I was on YouTube looking for something to listen to while I was working and I stumbled across Napoleon Hill's 10 steps to discipline and it is a little dated the video is shot back in the 20s or something like that but i'm going to give you my modernized take on all of these so let us not the vegetable begin pizza time uh who is napoleon hill let me tell you he's the author of this book from back in yeah the 20s i just had to look it up because why just ramble off incoherent and possibly wrong thoughts napoleon hill is the author of the best-selling book think and grow rich and it's very I, I read that book my old brother keith gave it to me for christmas and you read it, it it's a fairly easy read it's and if you take money out of that book it's for life guidance it's ways to tackle your ambition ways to go about it write it down and it's like doing yourself justice so it, and it's not just about money yes you can it's meant to be applied directly to money but the way he writes it it's almost like you see money as a means to happiness, not just getting wealth for the sake of getting wealth. So, wow. First one, keep your cool even when the other person isn't. Now, that that sounds somewhat obvious, but when I hear that, it's like you're proving to yourself you can keep your cool in a stressful situation. It shows that you're in control of your vices, you're you have self-discipline, discipline enough to not lower yourself to the other person. If they're just ranting, you see it all the time if somebody some lady didn't get her, you know, chicken nuggets at McDonald's and she's chewing out the cashier. To what end is that going to get you your goddamn chicken nuggets? So it, that's just a you know, pitiful example. But when you're the cool headed one, you're not only showing it to yourself, but you're showing it to the person losing their shit that you are level headed and have a far more self-discipline than that person who's just letting it go. I'm not saying you should always hold in your rage and get an ulcer later in life. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying, there's a time and a place to lose your shit, but 99% of the time, you, when you're level-headed, you not only have respect for yourself, those around you, and you really prove it to yourself that you have what it takes to stay cool, calm, and collected when the shit is hitting the fan, i.e. getting a tongue lashing from somebody else. So, there it is. Number one. Moving on. There are three sides to every argument. Your side, the other person's side, and the right side. It's easy, it's, it's easy to mistake 
a debate for an argument and then from there it escalates it's always it always comes down to some malicious intent whereas if you just sit and talk and hear the other person's truth truth in itself is mother effing relative because there's only there is only what is and one person's interpretation could be completely skewed as we all know but sometimes all the time honestly when i'm arguing i'm i'm fucking human it's like i know i'm right whatever like i'll hear the other person's side of the argument sure but when i'm adamant about something and then i get hit with logic like a just an uppercut to the face like a johnny cage uppercut blood spewing everywhere mortal kombat reference it's just it's, it's hard to step back because we are human i hate being wrong but the fact is i am often wrong as much as i don't like to be wrong you gotta just suck it up and admit when you're wrong you're wrong and it's a good way to humble yourself when it comes to an argument and then hopefully both parties can realize there's one objective truth kind of like what chops was saying in the last podcast there is only what's right and i suppose participating in numerous arguments or discussions will help you better identify when you are wrong and make you better at accepting whatever truth there is when that happens. It's okay to be wrong, because that's honestly one of the best ways to learn. And I guess where discipline comes into this, knowing when to bite your lip, and if you're wrong, you're wrong. And I guess the point of the argument is to identify the truth. So if that means having to forsake your argument because you're proven wrong, yeah, suck it up and do that. Next one, never give a a directive to a subordinate when angry, because that's like shopping when you're hungry. You there, go go test that rope strength with your neck, or you might say some crazy shit, brother, sisters, everything in between. I guess for me, the point is, when you're angry, when you're raging, you don't necessarily think with the most clearest of mindsets, and that kind of beckons back to keeping a level head in an argument with somebody. Oftentimes, we've all been there, we've all been angry, we say stuff we don't mean, and whether that's telling somebody off, or telling a subordinate to go do something that's potentially dangerous, or you say you fire somebody in the heat of passion. When you're angry, just it's good to take a step back, compose yourself, because when you lash out irrationally, that's when some mistakes can be made, feelings can be hurt, and careers potentially ended. Zing, something like that. So, moving on. Treat everyone as though they are rich. <laughs> Treat everyone as they as though they are a rich relative whom you want to remember you in their will. Now that's, I think I'll look past the metaphor and see it as treat everybody with respect. Like you never know if if they have a huge sum of money, but it's just with the utmost respect. This is a little bit of a dated term because to suggest oh they're rich that means if they weren't rich don't act as kind. And you got to have some kind of ulterior motive in line to be kind to somebody other than an overwhelming sum of cash. I'm sure that's not what dear old Napoleon's saying, but you just don't, you know, don't mess with what works. Treat everybody like you'd like to be treated. Unless you're a masochist and have, you know, what's it called? Clothespins on your nipples, whatever it is. Just be kind. There's an objective truth to overall kindness and niceness. So here we go. Look for the seed of equivalent benefit in every negative situation. 
yeah. Easier said than done, obviously, to accomplish this feat whenever really bad shit happens in your life. There's no good without bad. There's no bad without good. It's when this bad shit happens, that equal and opposite reaction of goodness happens. And you have to find out what that is for you. Uh, say for me, um, I went through a pretty hard breakup. It was with this girl for numerous years. And out of that, I was able to step back and instead of de developing bad habits, eating more and peeing the bed all over again, I uh, did a lot of self-reflection, got picked up a lot of good habits as meditating, journaling, and just doing a lot of good self-inventory. Honestly, I wouldn't be the person I am now if, I, if it wasn't for that, if I didn't truly find, try to find out what everything that's going on with me and why things happen or don't happen, whatever. It's good to step back and do a lot of emotional inventory so to speak so that was for me was the equivalent benefit uh in my life so look into your own is there something that's been a complete and utter loss maybe maybe you just haven't looked at the, the opposite end of the spectrum huh. moving on ask questions then listen to the answers boy howdy if you couldn't already tell at this point in the podcast i really do wait for my turn to talk or talk over somebody or just be just outrageously if not I don't want to say outrageously I'm a gentleman point is I need to shut up a little bit more and people are talking and that could go for others I've been talked over and I don't like getting interrupted so why do I do it myself I find myself doing it I'm conscious of it but by the time I realize and could say oh I'm sorry it's your turn to talk I'm just already 20 sentences in and just blah, 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 blah. so if I may quote uh, Wesley Snipes from white men can't jump He's talking to Billy Boyd, a.k.a. Woody Harrelson, and he's like, oh, yeah, you, you, you listen to Jimi Hendrix, but you don't hear him. You can listen to somebody and already have what you're going to say cocked and ready to load in your mouth and just spew it out as soon as that person's done talking. When you shut the fuck up, which I need to do many times over, you will not only listen, you, you can listen to somebody by being quiet, but you have to hear them. There's a big difference between listening and hearing. Listening, you can just do, you can listen to the radio, but be completely zoned out of your mind. When you hear somebody, you hear their emotion, what they're truly trying to say. And when you're shutting the fuck up, you hear what they have to say, and then you'll learn a lot more about a subject matter or the topic in general. And you could take this back to Willikers. Discipline. Yes. If I was disciplined enough, when I can practice it on the upcoming podcast, hopefully you guys will be able to hear the difference. Hopefully I will when I go back and listen to these bad boys. Then I'm shutting up and I'm hearing the person and respond as such. Building on the conversation and not just completely steering it off, just taking the conversation car and just making a hard right turn through the rails and off the side of the cliff into God knows what. But alas, that's the message. That's the discipline. Let's move on to the next, shall we? Uh, never say or do anything towards another without first asking yourself this question. Will it benefit them or hurt them? Well, I've never really been in a position to be bossing people around, so I can't really empathize with that. But it is good to step back. When you have, a when you have power, that is a responsibility. Great power. Get out of here, Ben Parker. Mr. Dead Man himself. But... It is good to realize you do have this power and it both it's like Thor's hammer, Mjolnir. It can build and destroy. So just be careful you wield that power uh, with caution. Caution. 
Next one. Learn the difference between friendly analysis and unfriendly criticism. That one took me a while to learn. I went to ad school to become a copywriter to your program, Miami Ad School. Check it out. Explore your creativity. I would take people's advice or their criticism to heart. Whatever suggestions they had about a design I had or some words, whatever. Oh, you should try this or do that. And I'm a people pleaser, so I equated that to if I don't do what they say, maybe maybe they won't like me. They're like, oh, why don't you listen to my point of view or something like that. It took me till the very last quarter of the second year when one of my teachers was like, what, what the F are you doing? Just called me out for not being me. I'm trying to please so many other people except for myself. I'm taking all these suggestions. And yes, the advice he gave me was in fact a suggestion, but I felt it to be true because I was just putting so much pressure and anxiety on myself to make these absolute perfect pieces that would please literally everybody when at the expense of it being, this isn't my work. I made it uh, to please other people. So once I took that advice, I rearranged my projects and my portfolio on my website and I made it me and I was truly happy with it. And if somebody's going to hire me for the work that I didn't like, then that's what I'll do for the rest of my life. But I would want somebody to hire me for the authentic me. And I believe I have that on my website. It is trialnaren.com. Meow, 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 meow. And leave me hateful criticism. But uh, I guess, did I answer the question? I don't know. I just went off on an anecdote, a quite large and juicy one. But it is good. It's just keep getting feedback from people. Take a mental inventory of it. Write it down, how it made you feel or whatever. Is this person in a bad mood? Is it something that's truly going to help me? Just you got to experience a lot more of it to be able to decipher what is the difference between the friendly and the unfriendly. So dare I say, go face some adversity, you clowns. So here's the next one. Tolerance in human relations is a vital importance. Is of vital importance. Uh, yeah, we're all people and we're all going to end up maybe fighting each other from time to time. Humans disagree. It's like our greatest abilities to just is to find discord or to have things our way, not even think about compromise or I can go on. I can go on about these, these silly humans around us, but it is important to remember that everybody else, including ourselves, including yours truly are in fact human, not the serial killers. I don't like those, those monsters. They're monsters, but to the rest of us humans, we are filled with faults and vices and reasons for doing things there's there's so much and we don't always disagree it happens but sometimes you gotta let off some steam or what have you sit down have a heart to heart i think what causes a lot of friction is people aren't as transparent as they should be uh for me like i told you i've been a people pleaser for a long time and up until this past year i realized that you gotta please yourself so i'd be put in situations where i've two parties i, I could like parties uh, in said story i can go and hang out with these people or go to this social engagement over here i would try to try to m meet some kind of middle ground that didn't satisfy everybody all the time especially me and instead of bending over backwards putting so much added pressure and gray hairs on the side of my head i said fuck it if this sounds fun i'm gonna do it and and you'll also find your life is a lot less stressful when you're doing things for you and yes that also means other people are going to do things to please themselves. So we are all indeed plagued with this 
human condition. I got it. You got it. Everybody on on planet Earth has it. Animals have to deal with it. Sucks for them. They got to put up with all of us shitheads. But at the end of the day, we are all human. We do human things. We make human mistakes. And we also have great human triumphs. Our job is, I think, from from this uh, discipline list, from this last one, let's just accept that. We are filled with all these faults, and we will make mistakes. But hopefully from those, we'll be able to better condition ourselves to deal with these humans because we are going to deal with them every day for the rest of our lives. Ain't that right, Sam? She came into the lunchbox to say hi. But anyways, everybody, take these 10 rules of discipline, come up with your own interpretations for them. You can take mine, take them any which way you want, just so long as they help you live before you die. All right, you guys, have a good day. Uh, Bye-bye.